Well, hello there, and konnichiwa. It's Jim and Carrie, and this is The Best Trip Ever. And we have just gotten back from Tokyo Disneyland Resort. Yep, we've been there before, but I got an itch to go back. So we took a long weekend, and we flew over to Tokyo for four days. In January, I went to Tokyo for some uh, business, and I ended up stopping by Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, which I love. And I had such a good time, and Carrie saw my pictures on Facebook. You can see them at The Best Trip Ever or on uh, Twitter at The Best Trip Ever. And she saw the picture. She loved it so much. She was like, we got to go, and we got to go now. Yep, I got a wild hair, and the next thing we knew, five weeks later, Jim was back in Tokyo and back at Tokyo Disney Resort. And I I don't mind. Um, I love Tokyo Disney Resort. I especially love Tokyo Disney Sea, and I just love being in Japan. It's such a fun, creative place, uh, very respectful. I just I love so much about Japan. So I was very happy to go back, and uh, we were lucky to go back during the 35th anniversary celebration. Yeah, that started on April 15, 2018 and is running through March 25th, 2019. So we just caught the tail end of it. But that was a lot of fun because I'm always a sucker for everything commemorative. So if it's dated, I'm going to buy it. I remember being a kid and going to the 35th anniversary of Disneyland, so that kind of made me want to go to this. And we'll touch on uh, some of the 35th anniversary uh, events and things that they did, but uh, we'll also generally talk about Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea and give you some advice. So if you're watching this or listening to this outside of the 35th anniversary, don't worry, we'll still have plenty of relevant information. Yeah, and that's the best thing to just keep in mind is that, you know, there's always something going on at at Tokyo Disney Resort. You could be there for springtime. They do an Easter celebration. They do Halloween like I've never seen. The last time I had been there was in September 2017, and it was during Halloween season. And it's the one time of the year for the months of September and October that they actually allow adults to dress up in costumes. And I have never seen anything like it. So if you really want to treat, go during Halloween period of time over that eight weeks. Yeah, we literally saw little kids going up to uh, cosplayers, other guests at the park, and getting pictures taken with them. There were some girls, some women, young women dressed up as princesses, and they were cosplaying as Disney princesses, and some of the little kids who were guests at the park went up to them thinking they were cast members and took pictures, and some of the costumes are amazing. Yeah, I think my favorite was when we saw, I think it was Donald and Daisy Duck in steampunk. And to this day, I will never understand how they were able to be in these full-on costumes like you would see a cast member in. And it was like 90 degrees at that time period. But anyway, that just gives you an idea that there's always a celebration going on at Tokyo Disney Resort. We just happened to be there during the tail end of the 35th celebration, but also going into the Cherry Blossom Festival. And not only Cherry Blossoms, but there could be a new ride like say Soren or the new Beauty and the Beast land there's uh, Frozen there's all kinds of things like I said always happening at the Tokyo Disney Resort so so keep that in mind no matter when you go chances are there'll be something new or some cool promotion or some special time of the year yeah, when I said told people we were just going to pop over for a quick weekend, they thought we were crazy, of course. But then again, we live in Seattle, so we have the best gateway to the Pacific Rim. For us on a nonstop, it's only eight and a half hours from Seattle to, to Narita. Frankly, we've had flights to Orlando with a connection that I think have taken even longer sometimes with a headwind. So for us, we got on the plane, and the next thing we knew, we were in Narita at the airport and ready to go to the parks. And it's pretty easy to go to the parks uh, when you take the exit out of 
of uh, customs out of Narita. Right across the uh, way there in the concourse, you'll see a help desk. They're selling tickets. You ask about Tokyo Disney Sea, they'll direct you to the correct person, and you can buy your uh, limousine bus trip ticket to Tokyo Disney Resort. Yeah, they'll ask you which hotel that you're staying at on property. They'll give you the time, and the bus, frankly, came about every 20 minutes at the set time. You go outside, you queue up with your ticket, and it was about the equivalent of about $18 per person one way. You could take the train, but I decided it'd be easier to just go door to door since we had our luggage and we were kind of tired after the flight. Yeah, the trains are really easy to just ask for an English map and you'll be able to see how it all works between the subways and the JR lines and what have you. It's it's pretty easy if you get an English map. So don't be afraid of the trains. Give it a shot. It's it's pretty straightforward. But on to the resort. Speaking of trains, there is a monorail at the Tokyo Disneyland Resort, but it's part of the JR line. So you do buy a ticket. Unlike, say, you go to Orlando or Anaheim, where you just get on the monorail, you do need to buy a ticket. But since it's part of the JR line, it's very affordable. Yeah, and I would recommend if you're there for multiple days, just buy the multi-day pass because you're going to be on and off. And even when you're going from park to park, you have to take the monorail between it. It has four stops. It has Bayside, which is where the Good Neighbor Hotels are located. The next stop would be Tokyo Disney Sea. The following stop is their equivalent of downtown Disney. And then the last stop is for Tokyo Disneyland. So if you're planning on going from basically anywhere on Disney property, you're going to need that monorail pass. So just buy it for the length of your stay and it'll be much easier. It's also the coolest monorail because it has Mickey windows and Mickey handles to hold on to and always lots of stickers and decorations depending on the time of the year. So you do have to pay for it, but trust me, you'll enjoy it. It's super convenient, very efficient, and it's it's really kind of a highlight of the trip. Yeah, I don't think they could get away with having that monorail in the U.S. because I have a feeling people probably try to steal the handles, but it's the exact same monorail that they actually have at Hong Kong Disneyland. So it's a lot of fun and it's a great place to do a bunch of self Selfies with your head in the middle of the Mickey windows. Who doesn't love selfies? You love uh, them. So let's talk about Tokyo Disneyland. It's the second oldest Disneyland, uh, the 35th anniversary. So does that make it 1984? I believe it does, definitely, unless it was from 1983. Well, let's see. I have to see if it started in 2018. No, it was 83. Oh, 83, yeah. It was 83, yeah. yeah. I thought that was wrong. Yeah. Anyway, um, so a lot of it that I love about Tokyo Disneyland is that it's got a certain retro charm to it. I love the Tomorrowland, that it still resembles original Tomorrowland. They've redone some rides. They have Buzz Lightyear, and they have the new Star Tours, obviously, and some other things, but the buildings still look retro, which I love. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's definitely the best Tomorrowland because it looks like you just stepped out of the original Tomorrowland vibe. And I hope they don't change that because it's got it's great for photo taking. Of course, it's similar to your traditional Disneyland that you come in on what every place else would be Main Street, but there they actually call it the World Bazaar and it has a big cover over it. Yeah, and it says it's similar to Main Street, but instead of just going one way up and down toward or away from the park, it's got a cross street. Yeah, which is great because it lets you cut over to other parts of the park right away or kind of even a back way to Tomorrowland. But if you do head straight through the World Bazaar, of course, there's the iconic partner statue. And then, of course, the oh-so-beautiful castle behind it off in the distance. 
and it's Cinderella's castle. It's tall. It's uh, primarily pink. It's got very dramatic spires and spirals, and it's a very distinctive castle. Yeah, it's got a lot more turrets than you typically would find on the castles. And I also like it because it's one of the few that you can kind of do a 360 view of, kind of like Shanghai, that you can see uh, different views of it, and you can go all the way around it at some point in the park. And because it's the second oldest Disneyland park, it uh, has the spoke and wheel uh, design that, of course, Disney made famous, where, uh, you know, there's Fantasyland and uh, Tomorrowland, and instead of Frontierland, they have Westernland. Which is a heck of a lot of fun, but they also have Critter Country. Granted, it's very small with just a few items in there, but it's very similar. It's going to feel, feel familiar if you've been to Disneyland, but it's going to feel a little bit off. Like, you notice a few things, but you don't know exactly where you're going because it doesn't shoot off where you're cutting through the castle. You actually have to go around the castle in most cases to get from point A to point B. So don't think that you're going to head straight through and go right back to Fantasyland because you'll need to actually go around the castle to get to Fantasyland. And there's also Adventureland, which is uh, very large. And uh, again, the layout is not exact, like Carrie says, but it's sort of like you go from Anaheim to Orlando, where it's like you feel like you've been there before, you kind of know, but it's got a lot of differences. What are, what are some of your highlights of Tokyo Disneyland? I think of Tokyo Disneyland, some of the things I like the best were the things that were kind of different that were kind of a surprise to me. I actually like the railroad. And unlike the railroad in, say, California at Disneyland, where it goes all the way around the park, this one just goes around through Adventureland. But it's got great audio animatronics, and it took up a good half an hour. It goes right behind um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, so you got some great vantage points of the of the actual attraction. Another thing that I loved is I would say it's probably my number two um, Space Mountain, surprisingly. It's really smooth. It's not a head shaker. So I gave that one a really high rating. And of course, the recently renovated It's a Small World, which is my fan favorite to this day. I know everybody cringes and groans about the theme song, but it is my favorite. And I think it has the most beautiful design on the inside of the attraction in the queue. Yeah, it's got a really nice loading area with lots of pastels and different characters and different uh, murals in the area. Yeah, it's really put you in a nice mood before you uh, go on your voyage. And as you mentioned, they re, uh, they've they just uh, renovated it. They've added a bunch of Disney characters. Like, for example, you see the characters from Frozen when you first uh, approach, and it seems like different areas have the appropriate character for each country. Yeah, if you're looking at like the South Pacific, Lilo and Stitch are on a surfboard. If you're looking at Australia, you've got uh, Nemo and friends are there. So as they've done in a couple of, you know, nods in different parks, they've done a really nice job and the colors are so bright and vibrant. Really great for photo taking. One ride that surprised me was Snow White's Scary Adventure. And I've been on that, I don't know how many times. But in Japan, I swear that it's longer and I swear that the the sets are more detailed and it's just a, a better ride, which it's kind of like kind of a throwaway kids ride in my mind. But when I wrote it, I was like, oh, wow, this one's really, it's much better in Japan. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. The funny part is I can't understand when they were doing the audio on it. I swear they were using a pirate voice, which we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yes, you're, as, as you're in line they're giving you instructions it sounds like the guy from uh, either like pirates of the caribbean for for snow white's scary adventure which was kind of odd but oh well teach his own uh, another ride that uh, that i really enjoyed uh that you also enjoy is uh, the monsters incorporated ride and go seek 
That is my favorite one of those kind of interactive rides. Uh, if you've been on, say, you know, Buzz Lightyear, the only difference is it doesn't calculate your points. So you're riding around and you are using your flashlight, which is kind of your little weapon, to light uh, to highlight each of the Monsters Incorporated hard helmets. And then different characters pop out. But I could do that all day. And of course, it takes your picture. Don't understand why they take the picture in the location that they did, because unless you know it's coming and you know you get the worst pictures ever we didn't get good ones there no but um as carrie mentioned it's sort of a a a shooting light ride but to be honest it's so detailed and it follows the first monsters incorporated movie so faithfully that sometimes i find myself not even wanting to play i just want to look at all the set pieces and all the auto audio animatronics because they did such a good job and it's not in any other park in the world and it's 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 delightful Yeah, and it's so well done. And like Jim said, it really does take great respect to the original Monsters Incorporated movie. So if you're a fan of Monsters, I would hightail it there or go get a Fast Pass immediately for that. And if you get a Fast Pass, the machines giggle because you need the laugh floor. Um, And when you go into the the main building, when you're still in the queue, it looks like the entrance. It's a huge dome, just like the the power company where Mike and Sully worked. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. I'm sure that... we missed a hundred little details that are up on the ceiling. They've got a gorgeous mural, but it's so detailed and you're not in the queue long enough when you're there on a fast pass to get to pay attention to all of it. But that one probably hands down, I mean, is the most unique because there's no other place that has that ride at, to date. Another uh, unique ride that's at Tokyo Disneyland is Winnie the Pooh. Now, if you've ridden the one either in uh, Orlando or in Anaheim, those are just very basic rides with flat set pieces and not many animatronics. Be sure to ride Winnie the Pooh at Tokyo Disneyland because it's completely different. It's a trackless ride system. You're in these giant honeypots and rather than move in a linear way, you move throughout the space in the ride. Uh, Winnie the Pooh is fully automated, animated. His mouth even moves at times. All the characters are able to articulate their mouths when they talk and it takes you through the whole Winnie the Pooh set and it's I love it it's one of the best rides in the world yeah I actually really enjoy it I'm not a huge Pooh fan and I can kind of take it or leave it at the other parks but here we actually made it a destination and we got a fast pass and it's one of those that you will get shut out of for fast passes if you don't get them by midday I think we got our fast pass at noon and it wasn't until almost 8 p.m. and so that's one of the things you want to keep in mind otherwise plan on at least an 80 minute wait and it's a really really long queue and they have a lot of other your favorite rides that aren't dramatically different like Star Tours The Adventure Continues uh also buzz lightyear um pirates of the caribbean is is fairly standard big thunder mountain is is fairly standard not dramatically different and the jungle cruise it's fun to write it in uh write it when the the skipper speaks japanese but you still know all the jokes yeah i mean that's the funny thing is we were actually doing it in english to ourselves a backside of water and all the cheesy jokes that go with writing it and that's one of the questions that we get a lot when we go to the international parks is 
Am I going to have an, a language barrier? You know what? In Tokyo Disney Resort, everything obviously is going to be in Japanese, but a lot of people do speak English, and there's a, enough effort, and the signage is going to be in English. And for example,、uh, we didn't do Stitch this time, but we did it last time. They actually gave us headphones, which was the English conversion of it, the translation kit for it. This time we didn't bother. It's a totally different storyline for Stitch, but you won't find it's that big of a deal. It's actually kind of fun to ride Star Tours and see C3PO speak Japanese. Yeah, there's really no problem with the language in the parks.、Uh, a lot of、uh, the cast members do speak English, or they're able to communicate with you through body language and pictures. It's not, it's not difficult、uh, whatsoever.、Uh, one of the things that I feel like、uh, the the Tokyo Disney Resort really excels at is the entertainment, the shows, the parades, the the firework light shows, the projection shows at night.、Uh, we saw an incredible daytime parade called Dream. Up. Yeah, and I would say if there was the one thing that kind of tipped me over when you came back from your trip from January was when you told me about that parade and that you know how much I love, love, love a parade, and that was the thing that really got me. I was like, I have to go if just to fly halfway around the world to go see a parade, and wow, am I glad that I did. It had the best of all worlds. What did you like about it? Well, I'm a Mary Poppins fan, and so they had a Mary Poppins float where she actually floats up. In her parasol, the float actually has her moving up in the sky, and her dancers wore the most amazing costumes I've ever seen. If I could figure out how to sew, or somebody knows how to sew, they were、um, a carousel, basically a carousel horse, but their skirts were or a Mary Poppins parasol. So it's almost impossible to describe, but their skirts would spin around like they were a carousel with different carousel horses. I mean, there were so many amazing characters in that parade. They had everything from big heroes. Six to you, the Fab Five, and it was just incredible. I mean, a Pegasus horse where the wings actually move. The characters and the floats were enormous too. So much detail.、Uh, everything is incredibly detailed, from the very you know small to the to the large. And the other thing to keep in mind is with these parades, people do tend to line up early for the parades, particularly in the center area because that's where the parade stops. So you're going to see a lot of people in the hub、uh, line up, sit down, and get early. We saw people claiming their spots in the parade up to two hours ahead of time. Or even more so, the Japanese are very patient, so they have no problem. They bring their own mats and their own little padded cushions, or even some of them have folding chairs that are about four inches tall, and they will sit there for hours and hours on end. So waiting and queuing up, I mean, is not a big deal for them. They queue up to get into the park. Some of them, I mean, we saw lines of a hundred people for some of the popcorn carts. So waiting in line is not a big deal. The one thing with the parades, unlike the U.S., is that If you go over to queue up for a parade, the use everybody sits down. So if actually you want to stand there, you can stand behind, and you don't have any real obstructions. And that's the one thing is when they came up and asked us if we were going to sit, and we said no. We stood in the back. So even though we were the second time we saw the parade, we were about five people back. We had no problem because everybody in front of us was sitting. So keep that in mind when it comes to entertainment that、uh, they do tend to line up early at the Tokyo Disney Resort.、Uh, there's also the Yeah, you know. 
one of the things that amazes me is Disney's always been known for its fireworks, but now with the advent of digital projection, they've really taken it to the next level as far as the projection and light and fireworks shows on the castles each night. And uh, Tokyo Disneyland is no exception. Uh, we saw Celebrate Tokyo Disneyland, which is probably right now my favorite fireworks projection show at any Disney park that I've ever seen. Well, and I didn't think that Shanghai could be beat because after we saw Shanghai, I was sold. And I thought that's got to be the best there is. But frankly, they were beat by Tokyo. I don't know if this is going to continue, if it's a special edition 35th anniversary. So you know, don't get your heart set on it. But if they do happen to have celebrated, you see it advertised, go for it. It is fabulous. What I like about it is it's not just the movies. So many of these projection shows, World of Color, or even in Shanghai, they're trying to kind of pitch the movies. Here, it was a combination of everything, but they really were focusing on the attractions. And that's the reason why we love theme parks so much. Yeah, they played uh, tiki room music and sound effects and and uh, phrases from different rides that we all know and love and can repeat by heart, along with digital projections, a lot of cartoons and things like that up on there mixed with uh, fireworks and theatrical smoke and lasers and blasts of fire and they incorporated a lot of the turrets that are in and throughout the hub they incorporated lights on the trees and it was like the whole entire area was just vibrant and was part of the show yeah i mean i'm used to seeing those shows but i've never seen it where the lights on the trees change colors to go interactive so if there was a fiery scene the trees would go red and then the fact that they used so much more than just the castle for this was mind-blowing the first time i watched it I couldn't even focus on everything and Jim asked me later like did you like the such and such I didn't remember seeing it because I was trying to focus so the second time I only took a couple of pictures because I really wanted to focus on what was there and of course you know they had small world they had big thunder mountain they had star wars for star tours they had so many things to see and I could probably see it 10 more times and wouldn't catch everything Incredible detail, such a great show. Um, we found that we were able to just walk up and stand right near the partner statue, and we're, we were able to see just fine because you're elevated a bit in the park, and that was a nice vantage point. You're not the closest, but you could still see everything just fine because the projectors are so crystal clear now. You can see all the details from virtually any distance. Yeah, that was, I mean, I'm so glad that we got to see that twice. That was one of the reasons why we actually went back on day three to Disneyland is because I had to see that parade again and I knew I wanted to see the projection show of Celebrate hands down. Now when I say the uh, Disneyland electrical parade you probably have memories of Pete's Dragon and the Cheshire Cat and Honoring America and all of those things well Tokyo Disneyland has taken that electrical parade and gone to the next level with dream lights. It looks sort of like the electrical parade that you know and love, but they have incorporated computer animation and LEDs and screens uh, to really create some spectacular effects that the old parade, quite frankly, wasn't able to do. Yeah, and the thing is, we really weren't even on planning on attending it. We were kind of stalling for our um, Fast Pass for Winnie the Pooh, and then I heard that iconic music that I love so much. We were actually at Walt Disney World when they did their final season of the Disneyland or the Main Street Electrical Parade we got pictures with the signs because of course we were never going to see it again ha 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 and we knew it was being shipped to Tokyo so the fact that I could hear that music by head whipped around and we kind of wandered over to peek at the parade 
And then we were sold. We never ended up doing anything else. So they have this float of the genie from Aladdin. And not only does he change colors, but he changes patterns to where he looks like different characters, whether it's Mr. Incredible or Tigger or Peter Pan. It was... What a what a genius piece of engineering and creativity. Well, and the ne- another float that was really similar that got my attention was when you see Captain Hook's uh, actual ship. So they have that float, which is giant, and they use the sails on that as the screens and did the fight scenes up on the screen. I mean, each one of these uh, floats as they came through also got bigger and bigger. Some of them, I cannot believe the height on them. They were a good two to three stories tall. So the electrical parade, they have taken it to a complete other level. They've optimized it using all of the latest technology. So be sure to check out the electrical parade when you're at Tokyo Disneyland. It was it was well worth it. I mean, sometimes you go to Disney, you're like, oh, yeah, it's this parade. Or, oh, yeah, did they recycle that float from a parade previously? I swear I've seen that. This is all new and it's all spectacular. So be sure to see the parades and the a light fireworks show because they do an excellent job at Tokyo Disneyland. They have two other shows that are also there. We saw one of them, One Man's Dream, The Magic Lives On. That was also fantastic, really high quality. And I liked it because it had a nod to a lot of the Disney and Pixar characters. It's a live live stage production. And then they also had Let's Party Gras, which is kind of a Mardi Gras theme, very small theater. The key that you need to keep in mind if you are going to the Tokyo or to the um, Tokyo Disney Resort is that a lot of these shows require tickets. And to get them, you have to get them on a lottery system. So you have to go to a kiosk, put in your park admission ticket, and see whether or not you make the lottery. This is true for um, parade seating, uh, celebrate, uh, Tokyo Disney uh, light show had it as well. Um, A couple of the, the theater productions, we never seem to be able to hit it on the lottery. So in end, you end up queuing up. So you get there about 45 minutes prior. Yeah, so if you look at your guide that they give you, the entertainment schedule, you'll see, for example, the title that says Dreaming Up, and there'll be an L next to it. That is your indication that it's a lottery. Um, We're pretty experienced theme park people, and I didn't find this to be very clear. So go get your English or whatever language you speak. Go get your uh, your entertainment schedule and look for the L. Now, in Tokyo Disneyland, it's just to the left of, uh, of uh, Space Mountain. I believe it's called like Tomorrowland City Hall or, or something to, to that effect. Uh, yeah, Tomorrowland Hall. And you walk into Tomorrowland Hall. Maybe there might be a line depending on the time of day. And there are all of these what look like bank ATMs all along the wall and standing in the room and you take your ticket and you scan the barcodes of each ticket into the machine and then you you pick your show that you want and the machine knows how many people are in your party you push start and then you find out if you won and we did it I don't know how many times and never won anything it was like going to Vegas well, and you can't do it. Once you ask for that show, it tells you you cannot ask for that show time again. So then you try the next one and the next one. We had zero luck. I think I only saw one person walk by us that had the tickets. I have no idea how you win the tickets. I don't know if it's the price of your ticket, where you're staying. It could just be pure luck. We have no idea, but we just got in the habit of queuing up. Yeah, we tried to pick later times, maybe shows that might be less popular in the showtime, and we never... It never worked. Um, 
In Tokyo Disney Sea, it's right near the gondolas in a building that's um, right. It's like a turquoise, uh, turquoise uh, canopy. Um, canopy. Yeah, turquoise canopy. You go in there and do the exact same thing for Tokyo Disneyland. And again, you make reservations for Disneyland and Disneyland. You make reservations for the lottery at uh, Tokyo Disney Sea, so they don't cross over. You have to do it each time in the park for each day. It all worked out well. I mean, we queued up 45 minutes prior and we got to see what we wanted to see. So I'm all happy with it. There are standby lines you can stand in and they you don't get a great seat. You'll be on the side, but it does work. So keep that in mind that even if you don't win the lottery, you know, you you can still make it in as long as you get in the standby line at a at a decent time. Uh, We should probably talk about Tokyo Disney Sea. One more thing from Tokyo Disneyland. For those of you who are traditionalists, there is a blue bayou at Tokyo Disneyland. And you do. This is one helpful hint because, again, we learned the hard way. It opens up for reservations the day of. At 10.30 a.m. when they open, you go to the restaurant directly and you get in line if there is one and tell them how many people you want to dine during the day. And for us, they chose the time. It just happened to be the time we would want. But they asked how many people, and then they give you a reservation card, and you come back later for your reservation. So if you want to eat at the Blue Bayou, which looks exactly like the one in California Disneyland, then you would want to make sure you get there first thing in the morning and get a reservation. And it's very easy to do. It's no problem. Everyone's very nice about everything. And uh, yeah, just uh, it's all, it's a lot like it. Uh, we were very lucky. Our seats were right on the water, right up front as all of the boats went by. And uh, we were in charge of waving at people because all the <laughs> boats, everyone was very friendly. They, they waved to us and we would just wave back. Yeah, it's a price fixed menu. So it's a three course meal. So you just choose what you, you know, your appetizer, your entree and your dessert. It's a set price. I found it to be very affordable. We've eaten at quite a few of the theme restaurants all over the world and compared to say Paris for example this seemed like an absolute bargain it was about 40 or 45 dollars per person and it was a really great meal and they even had um, Mickey Mouse uh, French rolls it's right a hidden Mickey she said (laughs) on on the French roll but yeah it's very good food it's very fun so if you do have the opportunity yeah I would definitely recommend eating at the Blue Bayou in Tokyo Disneyland Yeah, so now we'll go ahead and switch gears. We are going to go over to Jim's very favorite theme park in the whole wide world, and that's a pretty big world, Tokyo Disney Sea. I love Tokyo Disney Sea. It's so well themed. It is so detailed. It has some of the coolest rides, and it's just, it's just different. Um, As opposed to the hub and spoke design that that Disneyland parks have, uh, this is completely different. It's uh, kind of adult and I, I just I just love Tokyo Disney Sea. It's my favorite place. I love the rides, and I could just spend hours there, and I often do. And even on busy days, I'm just happy to be there and just just walk around. It's almost hard to describe Disney Sea, and again, it's S E A, not the letter C. It's C, as in the ocean, because it has so much diversity to it. I mean, in one moment you're in the Mediterranean, you think that you're in Italy. Another moment you are off in the Arabian coast. Then you're in Mermaid Lagoon. All the lands are so very different, and there's even an American pavilion, American section. So it's kind of like the World's Fair at a theme park but on a much larger scale than, say, Epcot, much more detailed. It's not country-focused. 
So when you come in, you're in the Mediterranean Harbor area, and there'll be different Italian restaurants and Italian-themed shops, even some gelato and an Italian coffee shop, and they have uh, Venetian gondolas in Japan. Yeah, the funny thing is, is we've not been to Venice, but we've been to the Venetian in Las Vegas. The only time we've ever ridden in a gondola in our life is in Tokyo at Tokyo Disney Sea. And it's fun because you're there with 10 or 12 other people and you've got your gondolier and they sing and it was just a heck of a lot of fun. And if you didn't know, because the theming is so incredible, if you took a picture of yourself and, you know, are your group on the gondola, when you got home, you could totally convince your friends that you are actually in Venice and not in, say, the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas. It's that detailed. Uh, when you arrive at Tokyo Disney Sea, uh, let's say, for example, if it opens at nine o'clock, you want to be in line probably an hour earlier. If it's eight o'clock, you want to be there by, by seven. You won't be alone. There'll be plenty of people, but you want to do that. And keep in mind that um, over to the left of the park, uh, two of the most popular rides are together, grouped together, and that's Midway Mania and the uh, Tower of Terror. Uh, Midway Mania is incredibly detailed. Um, it's the ride ride is, is exactly like any other Midway Mania you've ever ridden, except for the queue is, like I said, it's a lot more detailed with, with more things like plug-ins and different things uh, as you walk through the queue. But the ride itself is, is pretty much the same. I would say it was also the most popular, like when they opened the gates and I wanted to go straight to Tower of Terror, we thought everybody was heading to Tower of Terror, but it turned out it was autumn, everybody was heading to Toy Story Mania. It was crazy the swarms of people. And within in the first 15 minutes, I think it was an 80 minute wait time for standby. So we were smart. We went to Tower of Terror. And I think our wait time is less than 20 minutes because the rest of the day it was 60 to 80 minutes. Now, it's not crazy, but you don't want to dawdle when you're there at either park first thing because people are scrambling for rides. Uh, so you want to try to maximize that first hour. If you are not maximizing that first hour, you are going to wait in some long lines. So keep that in mind. So our strategy was because we'd already ridden Midway Mania and you can pretty much ride that anywhere. It's not dramatically different. We went to Tower of Terror and this Tower of Terror is different than any other Tower of Terror in the world because it's not based on the Twilight Zone. It's based on the story of explorer Harrison Hightower III and it's his mansion and he has brought back this haunted idol from one of his adventures in the Amazon jungle and sort of like the episode of the Brady Bunch uh, this uh, this idol causes problems and causes your elevator to go crazy yeah and even the theming on the queue on this and again it's uh, got a lot of stairs going up and down it so you want to keep that in mind um, while you're waiting in the queue I mean the detail is amazing there are file cabinets that are all labeled for whatever his treasures are. There's giant uh, carsophagus. I mean, you pretty much name it that you'd think of, a, of an international collector would have, and that's going to be in the queue. It's pretty incredible. It's a cool ride. So when you first get there, what I would advise you to do is is go to whatever ride you want to go to. So if you want to ride Tower of Terror, 
run to Tower of Terror, ride that, and then pick your next spot, get a fast pass for that, and then go to your other ride. So that way, you're 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 fairly well set um, for for at least the first part of your day. But like I said, things are going to fill up quickly. Another strategy, say for example, if you've ridden the Tower of Terror, I went right when I was there by myself. I rode one of my favorite rides, got a fast pass, and then went to the back of the park where people hadn't ridden yet and found that it was it was a lot easier to ride. So you want to have a strategy and you don't want to dawdle because like I said, things tend to fill up very quickly at the Tokyo Disneyland Resort. Uh, but there are so many cool things. Uh, another ride that I like is in an area called Mysterious Island. And this looks like a Jules Verne novel. They look like pictures out of a Jules Verne novel because everything sort of has this steampunk look to it inside the the volcano Mount Prometheus of Mysterious Island and that's the home of my favorite ride which is Journey to the Center of the Earth. These ride cars are incredible. I mean, it's almost impossible to describe it for either of those two attractions, but this is what you call the ultimate in theming. You just don't see theme park rides made like this anymore. You can tell that these rides were a labor of love and also had a really high budget, and that's the one thing, is that the Tokyo Disneyland Resort is not owned by Disney, actually. It's a license of Disney. It's owned by the Oriental Land Company, so they obviously put billions and billions and billions of dollars into their theme parks. And this ride is almost 20 years old, and it still holds up. It's incredible. So you go into this car that looks like it's boring into the earth, and you go down toward the center of the earth, and you see all of these different creatures and effects and lighting and plants. And as you get deeper and deeper into it, it gets more dramatic, and it's it's just the coolest. And then you go down to the very core of the earth where it's molten lava and it gets hotter and you come face to face with the giant lava monster. And it's an amazing audio animatronic. It's huge. I couldn't tell actually how tall it is because it's just so detailed and the way the ride is moving, you're having a hard time con- like focusing because there's so much to look at. It's one of those attractions that you're going to want to do multiple times to be able to see everything. I love Journey to the Center of the Earth. And again, it's one of the most popular rides. So be sure to get a fast pass or uh, get there early because again, the, the lines fill up on a busy day very quickly at Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. Now, right across the way, inside the mysterious island, is 20,000 leagues under the sea. But this isn't the ride that uh, is now Nemo at uh, Disneyland. This is a completely different ride. It, it looks like it's underwater, but it's not. It's not underwater? I thought it was. It looks like bubbles on the window to me. It's incredible. It is incredible. I mean, this is one of those that you get into a pod that holds six people, and you each kind of get your own window to look at. So it's great because each time you ride it, if you do a different seat, then you get a different view. So it's never the same ride twice. It's very dark, but you see all kinds of uh, marine life. And there's a story to it. I want to spoil it, but definitely a great ride. And usually that line isn't too long, maybe 20 minutes half hour tops and so that's worth getting in line for Um, I do want to mention that uh, over at uh, Port Discovery 
is a fairly new ride that they've put together. It's um, it's a simulator, but it's all based on uh, Nemo and Friends, which which I absolutely love. I could ride this ride anytime. It's uh, my absolute favorite. It's called Nemo and Friends Sea Rider, and it is adorable. Oh my gosh, it's in Japanese, but you forget that it's in Japanese because it's all, you know, Nemo and it's like if you took Nemo and Star Tours and you made a much better attraction. It's really cool. Um, it's a very fun movie. It's a very fun story. And I just love it. It's I think I like it better than Star Tours. I agree with you 100%. Plus the fact that it's it's more interactive because there because you're supposed to be kind of in a submarine setting. It has windows above you and so the screens are up there so actually you get about a 180 degree view of what's going on in the attraction as opposed to just looking forward at the screen. You're looking up left and right, front and back. So it's pretty incredible. To the back of the park is the Lost River Delta, sort of an Amazon theme. It's got Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, which is very similar to uh, the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. Same ride vehicle, similar, but uh, some different effects, a little smoother. I tend to like it better. Uh, next to that is the Raging Spirits roller coaster, a smaller roller coaster. Not unlike the Indiana Jones coaster at Disneyland Paris, it's fine. If there's a if it, if it's a if there's a skippable major ride at Tokyo Disney Sea, this is probably it. It's it's not my favorite. Uh, what is my favorite is not far away is the Arabian Coast, and it's a wonderful theme land. And its signature ride is Sinbad, which I absolutely love. Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, and this only has like a five minute line, and I don't know why because it's wonderful. I love it. And again, I'm a fan of Small World. So imagine Small World with the Arabian theme. But the music's done by Alan Menken. So it's very familiar jingle. It's got a great feeling to it. It's pure happiness. And I just love the characters in it. And my very favorite character is this beautiful little cat who's a, supposed to be a little tiger cub named Chengdu. And he's friends with basically Sinbad. And they're traveling around the world. And I don't want to spoil it for you either. But keep in mind at the end, you've never seen such a big genie as naughty animatronic yeah i love this ride the uh, the song is catchy and it's just fabulous so be sure to ride sinbad's storybook voyage it's one of my favorites um you know as we talked about um oh yeah we got to mention we got to talk about your uh, favorite car carousel at the arabian voyage you know, I'm a sucker for a carousel, and we ride them all over the world because I think they're all so neat, and they have a lot of history to them. But here, the Caravan Carousel is a double-decker carousel. And other than the one at Fantasialand, we haven't been on a lot of double-deckers, but this one is incredible. So this time, I chose my ride character as the genie from Aladdin, and I got to ride on genie. But they had all sorts of camels and horses and just all sorts of fun characters, and we were up on the top, and it was just so wonderful. And it's such a beautiful carousel. So if you get a chance, don't miss the opportunity to ride the double-decker carousel. And there's more than one genie on each level to ride. But keep in mind, everybody wants to ride the genies. So keep that in mind if you're going to ride the double-decker caravan carousel. Uh, as we mentioned, um, you know, it can rain sometimes and snow even in Japan. And what they've done, sort of uh, their fantasy land, or version of fantasy land with more kids' rides, Mermaid Lagoon. And it's all inside. But as you 
you walk into Triton's kingdom, you look up at the ceiling and there's glass up there to look like waves so it looks like you're underwater. It's an incredible effect. I absolutely love this section of the park. I think it's smart to go here kind of earlier in the day before it gets too crowded because it is an indoor track, an indoor area. If it's raining outside, everybody's going to dash in. So if you get a chance, go first so you get time to explore and really pay attention to the hidden Mickeys and the details throughout. It's got a playground for kids, Ariel's playground. It's got the jumping jellyfish, which you may remember from California Adventure. It's got, you know, a lot of different uh, kids rides with uh, the blowfish balloon race and uh, the uh, flounders flying fish coaster outside, which is sort of like a like one you'd see in Toontown. So a lot of the smaller rides for for the youngins, but something that you must do. And they don't allow photographs or video, so we can't show it to you. But it is my favorite thing. There is Mermaid Lagoon Theater. There's a ship that's on the back wall of Mermaid Lagoon, and that's the theater. Go, go now, because inside Triton's Theater is this Little Mermaid show that is incredible, that's all done above your head, and it's got some new songs, it's got some old songs, it's got some marionettes with Flounder and Sebastian, it's got King Triton, it's got other mermaids, and Ariel up above your head, just like Cirque du Soleil, and she sings and waves and smiles and interacts with you as you, you're up, as she's up above you, and she's overhead and it's a, a theater in the round combined with Cirque du Soleil and I have seen this show like four or five times and I can't get enough of it. It's a really well done show. I like it because it's a combination of a lot of things. As Jim said, it's kind of got some Cirque du Soleil features to it. But then if you've ever seen the Nemo show at Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World, you know how they have the, the puppeteers? They have that same kind of concept here, but with the, um, the friends of Ariel. So they go out throughout the audience. They have screens where it's all of her sisters that are singing. But again, it's not all screen focused. And you really have to pay attention here because there's so much much to see. It's too bad you can't take pictures because it's almost impossible to describe this one. It is so great. So trust me on this one. It is a fabulous show. If you like The Little Mermaid, if you grew up with The Little Mermaid, you must go to this show. If you love the songs, you must go. This is such an outstanding show. This is my favorite show out of any theme park anywhere in the world. And I'm not, I mean, I like The Little Mermaid, but um this is incredible. I loved this show. There is another great show, though, that you also need to make time for at the Tokyo Disney at Tokyo Disney Sea. And that is the Big Band Beat. And again, this is another one of these that's a lottery ticket. Otherwise, you can do the standby line and get in the queue, which is what we did. So we got about 40 minutes prior, but we made the show because they have multiple um, seatings throughout the day. And it's a full-on theater. It's something like you'd almost see in New York. And it's very much a jazz live big band review with Mickey and other characters. And the costuming on this, I could not get over it because I love my girl Minnie. And she had some gorgeous dresses on in this show. Yeah, it's the songs of the 20s to the 40s, an incredibly talented cast, a huge cast, like a 14-piece band is on stage, and it just swings the, the whole time. You've got to, you, you, yeah, you'll love it. There's, they don't love video or pictures again, but the music is very familiar, and the, the dancing and the singing, an incredible show. Make sure you make time for Big Band to Beat. 
Yeah, it obviously has a huge following because the woman next to Jim had the Mickey plush from it and some other pieces of collectibles. And I think that she knew every move and every word to every song because she was singing along. The one thing to keep in mind is if you end up having to do standby tickets like we did, you're going to be in the very top, but you're also going to get a great vantage point. Yeah, there's not a bad seat in the theater. It's not the biggest theater in the world, so you'll be fine whether you get the lottery or not. Uh, just stand in line and it uh, maybe maybe an hour, 40 minutes before the show and they'll get you in. No, usually no problem as long as it's not too busy. Uh, one thing that I always enjoy doing inside the SS Columbia, which is the old steam liner that's on the American waterfront, is go to the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge. It's a dark lounge with dark wood all theme with Teddy Roosevelt. Not the biggest menu in the world, but they got some nice drinks. So if you want to go have a drink in a really cool, sophisticated looking lounge, I love the Teddy Roosevelt lounge. What other things do you like at Tokyo Disney Sea? I love the popcorn cards and they are so iconic. And what's interesting is most maps of theme parks show if they have popcorn. Each of these, both Tokyo Disney and Tokyo Disney Sea, actually has a second a section of the map that says popcorn flavors and locations. So you can get caramel, garlic shrimp, strawberry, which is my favorite, milk chocolate, black pepper, salt, curry, God, you can smell that a mile away, Chinese chili, and so on and so on, because each one of the parks has a different cart. So you actually want to look at your map if you have a specific kind of popcorn in mind, because you may not be able to get honey popcorn at Disney Sea, but then they've got it at Disneyland and they've got barbecue and soy sauce and butter. I mean, flavors you'd never think of. And each one of those popcorn carts also has a collectible popcorn bucket, which are refillable. So Jim was on the quest for one specific kind of bucket and we could only find this one bucket because somebody had recommended it in Toontown in Disneyland. We never saw it again. I saw someone when we were waiting to get into the park at Disney Sea that had a really cool bucket but I never found it so it must have been for sale in, uh, previously and they brought it back for a refill so for me I think the food is a lot of fun they had a special edition um, meal at Volcania which is at Mysterious Island uh, well I highly recommend that restaurant and it was for Monsters Incorporated for Pixar so we actually had dim sum and one of the dumplings was Mike Wazowski and I felt guilty eating Mike Wazowski but boy did we have a lot of fun playing with our food <laughs> yeah that was that was a great time. Uh, yeah, the, the chances are they'll have some sort of special meal no matter where you're at and whatever time of the year that it is. So keep keep that in mind. I believe we ate it. Did we eat it tomorrow? No, did we eat it? Yeah, we ate it Tomorrowland Terrace. We did. We definitely ate that. And we had, what did we have there? We had the fried chicken Mickey hand sandwiches. So it was just amazing. And again, playing with our food. And the prices are really quite reasonable. They have what you can do a la carte, or they do what they call the set. And we typically did the set because it was included a beverage. And one thing that's really great there is iced coffee. You would think... You know, you're going to Asia, you're going to drink tea. Actually, their iced coffee is fantastic. So nine times out of 10, that was my beverage of choice. And we'd order as a set. Some of the sets, for example, the one we had at Critter Country came with a special dessert for the 35th anniversary. But that's a lot of fun. It's no problem when you're ordering if you don't speak Japanese because there's pictures of everything. We should probably talk about, uh, I guess, let me let me say this real quick. There's a lot of fun to be had at the parks. 
from the detail on the rides to rides that are in no other park in the world to the food and the cast members. The cast members are so friendly. They're so nice. Uh, they wave to you. They smile. A lot of times they'll have the big Mickey hands. Maybe you want to pose for a picture. They'll pose for pictures. They're in the spirit. So you're going to have a great time with the fun food, the silly food, the rides, and everything. As a matter of fact, one cast member totally made our day. Yeah, we were over in, I believe, Adventureland. And of course, we're always rocking Disney shirts. Whenever we're at a theme park, we're rocking a shirt. So this particular day, I had on my Small World Cal- Disneyland California shirt. And Jim had on actually a um, Toy Story Woody shirt that he had bought at Tokyo Disneyland a few years before. And the cast member comes up to us and she's asked she asks us about our t-shirts and are we having a good time and do we like roller coasters and what is our answer yes of course so she says i have something special for you so we wait and she takes out these what she calls medals which were the 35th anniversary happiest celebration lanyards which are bright colored and logoed and hands us these lanyards and we were so grateful thank you thank you arigato arigato and then she goes no no wait one wait more and then she handed us two fast passes that were good on any of the five basically major attractions for that day which was perfect because we'd pretty much gotten shut out of uh, Space Mountain within the first hour of the park opening it was already an 80 minute wait time and fast passes were almost gone until the end of the day so we just figured we're not going to ride Space Mountain today but this wonderful little cast member made our day and gave us fast passes that we could just walk on and these great medals. It was wonderful. It was very nice. So I uh, keep keep uh, your shirts visible. Keep a smile on your face, and you never know what uh, what could happen at Tokyo Disney Resorts because it's a lot of fun to be there. Yeah, it's just it's one of these really special places. I mean, I guess you know Jim's enthusiasm obviously rubbed off from being there in January that I had to go back, and it's not like I hadn't been there before. It had only been a year and a half since I'd been there, but I felt the need, and it was kind of like calling me home. What about the hotels? There are three Disney on-site themed hotels. The Miracosta, which is located right there at Tokyo Disney Sea, is the most luxurious. It's the five-star product. It's literally in the entrance and it has its own private entrance into the park. They have the Disneyland Hotel, which is located right there at the Disneyland Park entrance. And then they have the Ambassador Hotel, which is located in the kind of downtown Disney area. And it's themed in kind of your 1920s, Art Deco theming. It reminded me actually a lot of the Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel that we stayed at when we were there a couple of years ago. And then there are partner hotels, which we have stayed at. Yeah, we've stayed at a couple of the partner hotels. We've stayed at both the Sheraton Tokyo Bay. We've stayed there multiple times. And this last time we stayed at the Hilton Tokyo Bay because the Sheraton is sold out. Both large hotels, very similar, both located across the street from the Bay Street Monorail or the Bay Station Monorail Station. They do have shuttles if you don't want to walk over to the Monorail Station. And frankly, you got to ride the shuttle a bus a couple of times because these buses are incredible. They're decked out and themed Mickey like you wouldn't believe. If my city bus here in Seattle looked like that, I'd ride the bus every day. Yeah, they are incredible. So be sure to ride the bus and take lots of pictures. But it's very convenient to be at the Hilton or at the Sheraton. I find that the Sheraton seems to be a little bit more business oriented. So uh, maybe it's a little bit quieter 
than the Hilton, perhaps, and less focused on tourists. But I would say that they're both hotels are very comparable. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just because they have a huge convention center at the Sheraton, so you tend to get a lot more conferences in there. But we saw business travelers actually at the Hilton as well. Both great, both well-appointed rooms, no problem. You know, good-sized rooms. You think Japan, you think the rooms are going to be small and you're going to get tiny beds. We had a large king-size bed this last time, complimentary bottled water, um, a hot pot for coffee and for tea. They had a mini fridge in the room and plenty of outlets so we could charge our electronics. And uh, the the Hilton even advertises a floor for kids. And we saw the floor, I think it was the sixth floor, where they had like some sort of uh, tree outside in the hallway and things. So they do have some themed rooms and a themed floor for families if you have younger children. Yeah, and actually our room had a great view. Actually, we could see downtown Tokyo off in the distance. And on a clear night, we could see the Tokyo Tower. So great views to be had. I know the last time that we stayed at the Sheraton Tokyo Bay. We had a view of, I believe, Disneyland, and we could see the fireworks in the evening. So great rooms to choose from and well-appointed and very affordable. Yeah, let's talk about the prices. Uh, just the, the rooms are not that bad. No, they range, depending on season, anywhere from about 180 to 250 a night if you're choosing those particular hotels. If you're looking at something like the Miracosta, you're going to be starting in the four to $500 a night range. So again, it's a seasonal thing. And there are plenty of other hotels on property. I haven't booked those in the past because they tend to be more Japanese focused and they're more difficult to get from the U.S. So there are other options, but I tend to go with the more um, mass market brands because I feel like they're more user friendly for American travelers, for example. And if you're going to the parks, the tickets are pretty affordable. Oh, gosh, they were super affordable. When you think that you're paying over $100 a day now to go to Disneyland, we got a three-day uh, pass, including our third-day hopping, which Jim will explain to you. And I think it was about $175 for three days. That's a steal. Not bad. Uh, park hopping is different in Japan. Uh, the first two days you are there, you can't park hop. You've got to pick a park and stick with it. So, for example, the first day we chose Tokyo Disneyland. The second day, then, we went to Tokyo Disney Sea, And the third day is when you can begin to park hop. So uh, keep that in mind and choose wisely. Uh, the first trip we made, we, we uh, went to Disney in Tokyo. We chose Disneyland first because we we got there at night and we, I was so excited to Tokyo Disney Sea. I wanted the first full day to be at Tokyo Disney Sea. So keep that in mind with your strategy as uh, you're buying tickets and planning out your vacation when it comes to park hopping. Yeah, that is one thing you want to keep in mind because it's literally printed on your ticket. They ask you, where are you going on your first day? And it's printed and there's no changing once you made the decision. One thing they do have, which is kind of nice, is they have what they call a starlight pass, which I believe is at 6 p.m., so say you get in early afternoon, you don't necessarily want to activate a brand new ticket and your pass, you could actually go in for the evening for a reduced rate. But again, you're doing one specific pass, so it doesn't allow for a lot of spontaneity. You've kind of got it yourself planned for traveling when you're going there. I really love the Tokyo Disneyland Resort. Uh, I love the creativity. I love the details. I love how, the, how easy it is. 
uh, for the get on and off the monorail. Tokyo Disney Sea is my favorite theme park in the world. And while Tokyo Disneyland isn't my favorite Disneyland park, I still like a lot of it. There's a lot that I really enjoy. So I'm a big fan of going to the Tokyo Disney Resort. And I'm a big shopper. And so, of course, I had to go to every gift shop there was in both parks. And I'll tell you, it really varies. Every theme land has its own merchandise. So you kind of have to go to everything. You see things you've never seen in the U.S. You see some things like plush that you have in the U.S., but then they have a lot of commemorative. They also have these little um, ride vehicles, which are kind of like a matchbox car, I would say, that they probably have about 40 of those to choose from. So we kind of gotten in the habit of buying those. They're really cute. They're about eight bucks, kind of fun if you want to add to your collection. So the shopping is great. And the shopping in their version of of downtown Disney is crazy. Jim can go in more details about that one. Yeah, there is a a mall. It's called Xperi, and it's got uh, everything. It's got a Disney store, an official Disney store. It's got sort of a park merchandise store called Bon Voyage, and it's got uh, a lot of popular stores and restaurants that you know from the U.S. Yeah, I did go over to Starbucks because I was hoping that they would have the You Are Here collection with the Disney merchandise like I found in other parts of the world. They did not, so hopefully that changes, but it could be because they're actually not technically Disney that they don't have the Starbucks partnership, but there's a dozens and dozens of restaurants. There's a movie theater, so many great shops to choose from, and it's a lot of fun to go there. So if you don't want to eat on property and eat at one of the theme parks or at your hotel, it gives you a lot more dining options. Yeah, and if you want to go uh, inexpensive, there's a food court in the bottom floor down in the basement, so you can do something quick and cheaper and easy. So there's a lot of options at the Tokyo Disney Resort. Yeah, and that's also at the JR Mihama, which is the main train station that comes in from Tokyo. So if you're coming in from saying Tokyo City Center, that's where you would arrive and that's where you transfer over to the monorail. They also have a thing I noticed in in the packages that if you were to get from Disney Travel, which again, I can't figure out how to do from the U.S. as easily, but they'll actually do luggage delivery. So if you come in on the train, you can take your luggage over to their um, guest services and they'll deliver. You could go ahead and have them deliver your bags to the hotel and you could take off and go to the parks. And there's a uh, ticket center down below. There's also, as you mentioned, the welcome center, which is very obvious. But there are places if you need to uh, buy tickets before you get to the park, uh, which might not be a bad strategy. There, there are those options. But you can also just go up to the ticket booths ahead of time right there at the park as well. Yeah, there's a lot of great things there. So I would say overall, there's something for everybody. I mean, the Disney fan, the theme park fan, just someone that enjoys really good quality architecture, you'll definitely get that at the Disneyland Resort. It's uh, it's an amazing experience. If you ever get the opportunity, uh, I think probably your, your, your biggest expense may be your plane ticket, but after that, everything is very easy and relatively affordable. So there's lots of magic, there's lots of whimsy and fun to be had at both parks and all over the Tokyo Disneyland Resort. Yeah, this one, I'm so glad we did it. Four days was actually perfect. I f- didn't feel cheated at all. The only thing that wasn't open that I would have liked to have ridden, and it's been the close the last two times, is Splash Mountain. A funny story before we go. Uh, Years ago, our first trip, we uh, were on Splash Mountain. And as we were approaching the buzzards to go up the hill, the ride broke down. 
and they're giving us instructions in Japanese, and they uh, take this uh, walkway, this tra- portable walkway, and they stick it across to our log, and everybody gets out and walks across, and they walk us off the ride. And we actually have pictures of us standing underneath the buzzards. Uh, we've never completed the entire ride of Splash Mountain at the Tokyo Disneyland Resort, but that's a pretty good memory. I'm, I'm actually, I kind of wear that with pride. Yeah, maybe one day it'll actually be open way there. Granted, I don't know if I would have wanted to get wet this last time because it was, you know, 40 degrees and I think it would have been a little miserable with wet jeans all day. Uh, go to the restaurant that's right by uh, Splash Mountain, too. That's a nice That's a nice restaurant. Two levels. It looks sort of like a treehouse. Yeah, I mean, you look like you're going into the treehouse, and then you go downstairs. But it had really good food, great theming. And we found it to be kind of a hidden gem, because while other people were going to all the other restaurants, and they were getting really busy during lunchtime at noon, Grandma Sarah's kitchen wasn't busy. And they had, you know, rice dishes and chicken dishes. And it was really good food. And we had that's where we had one of the theme set meals. Yeah, with the cake. So it was a great time. If you are a Disney fan, I would absolutely recommend going. I want to go back already. It's so fun. I had a great time by myself. So if you do travel alone, keep that in mind. People could not have been nicer. Uh, Oh, hats. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, People dress up not only for Halloween, but uh, when we went in 2019, it was the year of the boar. So we had a lot of uh, kids and young women and young men dressed up wearing the uh, ham from Toy Story hats. So uh, there's always lots of hats that people wear. It's everyone gets into the spirit at Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah, I don't find the Japanese to be wearing as many themed T-shirts as we do as Americans, where we love our themed sweatshirts and T-shirts, but the hats, everybody's got a hat on or a headband or some sort of ears. So everybody's decked out in some way, shape or form, or they've got Duffy the Bear, which was not a huge success here in the U.S., but is massively popular in Japan. Yeah, so many things to see. So I would highly recommend it. Any final thoughts? Well, how about your favorite things? You got to do your three favorites. So what were your three favorites on your fourth trip to the Tokyo Disneyland Resort? My three favorite things. Number one is the Little Mermaid show. I loved that Little Mermaid show. When I was alone, I went and saw it four times by myself. I cannot recommend the Little Mermaid show enough. I loved the Dreaming Up Parade, and I loved the uh, Celebrate Disneyland lights and fireworks show. I'm going to have to copycat you on the parade, but more specifically, that amazing carousel skirt that they had in Mary Poppins section. I loved the fireworks light display. Hands down, that was the best thing that I've ever seen in a theme park. And my third one, I got a close tie between Monsters and Small World, but because I'm a traditionalist, I'm going to go with Small World because not only was I on Small World, I was wearing my Small World t-shirt. So there's a lot to see, so much fun. So go and explore it for yourself and you'll understand what we're talking about. But either way, if people want to uh, try to book this trip, how can they get in touch with you? Carrie at StellarTravel.com. So if you're interested in going and you need someone with experience, Carrie can help you out at Carrie at StellarTravel.com. But either way, you can make Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea, and the Tokyo Disney Resort part of your best trip ever.